Good evening. Everybody on your feet. It's time to worship our God. Amen. Lord, we bless your name. Our Jesus, who knew no sin, he became sin for us. Amen. So that we could become the righteousness of God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, the God of creation took our place. The God of salvation opened the way. The day you gave your life seemed a failure in our eyes. But the stone is rolled away. The day you gave your life seemed a failure in our eyes, but the stone it rolled away as you walked out of that grave. Let this place erupt with praise. Hallelujah. Why do you look for the living among the grave? Oh, because you left, because 
Lord, we thank you. We thank you for who you are, for all you've done. We thank you for Calvary, Lord. We thank you for Calvary. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified. No. mercy and your grace, God. You lavish your love on us. Thank you, Lord. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious Oh, 
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We have redemption of sins through the blood of our Jesus. Amen. Thank you for forgiveness, for grace. Thank you for your love, Lord. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Yeah. 
dance in your presence, dance in your presence, dance in your presence, King of glory, fill this place, just want to be with you, I just want to be So we pour 
great God. We bless your holy name. Oh, we will not stop. We will not stop praising your name as long as we're on this earth and as long as we have breath in our lungs. Hallelujah. Lord, you are worthy. You are worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. Oh, Holy Spirit, we're so glad you show up in this place when we meet, when we praise you, God. We ask that you would just work in our lives today, work in everyone's life who's in the building, everyone who's watching. Change us tonight, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We bless your holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be glorified, Lord. Hallelujah and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Give him a shout. Thank you, Jesus. You are awesome, Lord. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's good, amen. Amen, amen. I'm so glad you all are here. Our God is awesome. Awesome, awesome. PCA. So we just worshiped with our mouths. It's time to worship with our tithes and offerings. Man, God's good, isn't he? God is good. So I'm just going to go in. I just want to tell you the different ways we got to give tonight. We can give online in the app or the text to give, which is usually up there. Um, if God, I just want to tell you guys, if God puts something on your heart to give, let's just do it tonight. And that's all I'm going to, that's as far as I'm going to go with it. I'm just going to pray. Ushers, will you guys come forward, please? Father God, we thank you for this time we get to come together. Father, we thank you for what you do for us, Father, how you provide for us. And Father, this is our offering to you. This is our offering to you because you are the providing, Father. You're always there. You're always there. And we just thank you, Father. We do. Father, I pray that you bless the giver tonight. And I pray that you bless this money wherever it goes, Father. And we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. It's a Wednesday night. I mean, it's good to go into the cafeteria and everybody in there eating and having so much fellowship and fun. It's wonderful to get summer behind us, amen? It doesn't feel like summer's behind us, but last weekend, Labor Day weekend, hope you all had a good time, and hopefully you got all of your going out of your system. Hopefully you're here to stay for the rest of the fall. This Saturday is a big day. This Saturday, September the 11th, we'll be having from 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock our outreach to our community. If you are involved in leadership in any way of that, if you've signed up to be at one of the stations, 
Immediately following the service in the fellowship hall, we'll have a short meeting. If you have not signed up but would like to be a part of it, join us for that meeting. We're going to have petting zoos here for kids. Uh, my grandson asked me Saturday, Poppy, uh, if there's a petting zoo, will there be a raptor? There will not be a raptor at this petting zoo. No raptors, okay? Uh, but we are going to be having some goats and chickens and rabbits and horses and llamas and all those kind of things. It's going to be a great day. All kinds of inflatables for kids to play on, face painting, balloons, hot dogs, water slides, all kinds of games to play. It's going to be great from 10 until 2 o'clock. And so if you're going to be a part of that or would like to be a part of it, stick with us after church for about 15 to 20 minutes. We'll um, take care of that meeting. If you would like to give toward that outreach, just mark it on a gift and give it to the church. Or you can, if you're watching by live stream, just send it in and, and have it designated as outreach. And um, I'm believing that this fall, God is going to fill our hearts with passion, set us on fire. I believe then we're going to reach out to our community and we're going to set them on fire. And then they're going to set other people on fire. And I believe we're going to have a revival. I believe that. Because our nation needs a revival. We need a revival. I was studying for Sunday's message today and I got fired up. So if you walk in here Sunday morning, you better go ahead and be fired up before you get here because we're going to have an awesome day of praising and worshiping God Sunday. The title of the message for Sunday, let me just tease you. Where have you been? Where have you been? I know moms have probably asked their kids that before. Where have you been? Um... Dads and moms, once they have teenagers, you'll ask them the same question. Where have you been? Watching that clock. Well, Sunday morning, I'm going to ask you the question, where have you been? And so it's going to be a great day. Last Wednesday night, I talked about finishing. And sometimes I think it's just going to be one message, but then God kind of gets me going in a different direction and kind of just keeps adding on to things. And so tonight, I want to talk about finish. I asked last week, how many of you started something and haven't finished it? We've all done that, haven't we? Gotten the project going, we get discouraged, we get distracted, uh, we get bored, whatever it is, and we kind of leave it undone. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 6. I want to read verses 10, 11, and 12. God is not unjust. Aren't you glad of that? He's not unjust. He will not forget your work. And the love you have shown to him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. Amen? God will not forget all the times you help somebody out and the times you continue to help them. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end. In other words, finish. Don't start unless you're going to finish. So that what you hope for may be fully realized. Don't you want what you hope for to be realized? Amen? We do not want you to become lazy. Sometimes we start something and then we get lazy. But this is a lot of hard work. Man, this is going to take more work than I thought. We get lazy. But to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. So we need to have faith and patience and continue to work hard, help all those that need help, continue to help them, get something started, 
finish it. Why? Because we want to realize the hope that we have inside of us. We want to finish the race. I have seen so many people start. Throughout almost 40 years of ministry, I've seen a lot of people start their lives with Jesus Christ. I've seen so many of them not finish. I had uh, friends of mine that went to seminary with me, four of them, and all four of them are no longer in the ministry. I'm the only one out of five that's still in the ministry. Why? It's hard work. You got to be diligent to the very end. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get discouraged. You're going to get distracted, all those things. And we've got to be diligent to the very end. I've seen some races to where people didn't quite make it to the end. And so I want to show you a short video of what it means to maybe be diligent. Watch this. This hill taking a toll on a couple runners trying to finish those final 20 yards. Wow. Yeah, you can see. What, what a tremendous show of sportsmanship as you've got an athlete who can't quite make it and they've got a team, a, a girl from another team trying to help her to the finish line so she can finish the race. That's what, now that's another what the sport one is all well. about. Oh my goodness. This is just incredible. The sportsmanship, phenomenal as you see those final yards there. As you see, Clemson and Louisville helping the Boston College runner. That's Tate and Pease. The Boston College runner can't even lift her legs right now. She'll try to cross the finish line. What a shot right here at Lakeman Soccer Park and Carey. But you sacrifice your own position to help another athlete finish what they started. And that, that's a true sportsmanship. Yeah. Would you sacrifice your position to help somebody else finish the race? That's true sportsmanship. Two girls from two different colleges helped another girl from a different college get across the finish line. They could have easily ran right by her and left her. They said, you should have trained better. Uh, you, you shouldn't be doing this. You, you should be better prepared. But instead, they stopped their race and helped her to the finish line. If I was there, I would give those two girls first place trophies. I don't know what they place they came in, but I believe that that is a beautiful picture of what we ought to be doing in life. Sometimes we have to sacrifice our position. Sometimes we have to get down and help somebody else up because they've fallen. The question that I always have to ask is, what if it were you that had fallen? Wouldn't you want somebody to help you up? Sometimes it's easy in the race we call life and Christianity when somebody falls to look at them and go, well, you should not have done that and just keep going and leave them behind. Sometimes it's hard to stop what we're doing in our life. Why? Because we're so busy with all the things we've got to do. I don't have time to stop and help you. It takes effort and time and diligence and, and, and now you're carrying not only your load but somebody else's load to the finish line. But they made it across the finish line. I think we need to be diligent to help other people. You see, in the race, it's not how fast you run. This thing called life is a race. And it's not how fast you run. It's not what position you are holding in life that makes you special. It's whether or not you're going to run in such a way to finish. To finish. 
Tonight I want to talk about a man who really, really knew how to finish. But it wasn't always easy. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Kings chapter 17. And I'll read verses 1 through 6. Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will neither be dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Wow. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Wow. How many of you would be obedient to that word of God in your life? Leave what you know is solid and leave what you know is three squares a day and a good bed and all that. Leave that and I want you to go to a ravine by a brook. But here's what was very key to all of that obedience was Elijah said, as the Lord God lives, the God whom I serve. You see, the nation had gone to a a time of idolatry. They had taken all of their gods and made them into something that they could create with their own hands. They could create them with their own hands. They didn't breathe. They didn't really talk. They didn't do anything but just sit there. And Elijah is now saying, wait a minute, you've got a God that's not alive. I've got a God who is alive. And my God has told me to tell you it's neither going to rain nor there be any dew until I tell you it will rain and have dew again. Wow, that's powerful stuff, isn't it? Today we have a God that is alive. There's a lot of people in this race who are worshiping things they've created with their own hands. They're worshiping their physical bodies. Man, we are in a time to where people are worshiping the physical body like never before. I mean, if I talk to people, I mean, everybody's on a diet of some kind. Nobody's happy with their body. Nobody's, you know, like, well, I'm just who I... No, no, we're all wanting five pounds here, ten pounds there, wrinkles, everything done. We're not happy. We've created a, 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 an image of a body that we cannot attain. Sometimes we've created jobs that we're like, wow, man, look at my job. Look at who I am. Look at the position I have in life. Sometimes we create relationships that ought not to be and we create all these other things and, and they're not gods that are alive, they're just gods in our eyes. But the God who lives, as I shared with you Sunday, he speaks and we've got to listen and when he speaks his word, we then have a responsibility to share that word with other people. He said, the God I serve is alive. He's breathing, he's talking, he's moving. And here's what he says. I wonder today, what is God speaking to us? Because whatever he's speaking to us, we now need to share it with other people. I believe right now in America and around the world, God is speaking strongly and we've got to share what God is speaking. So God spoke to Elijah. How do you think God spoke to Elijah? I believe it was conversational. I believe it was during a time of prayer. Because Elijah was a man of prayer, I believe that it was during a time where he and God were just having a conversation in prayer and God spoke to him. I believe prayer is mandatory if you're going to finish. If you're going to finish, prayer is the key to the kingdom of God. We've got to all have a prayer life. 
Whatever that means to you, I think with every one of us it can be different. God gave me bony knees. I have no meat on my knees. It hurts for me to kneel. So I walk and I talk. Other people, they have to kneel to talk. Other people lay down. Whatever you do, but spend some time in prayer because that's where God will speak to you. And that's where God will give you direction in life. God gave Elijah direction in life. Here's where I want you to go. Here's what I want you to do. And Elijah told King Ahab, this is what's going to happen. And it happened. People who finish know in whom they have believed. I know the God I serve and he is alive. And he's speaking to me and I'm speaking it to you. You see, Elijah wasn't afraid to speak to a king. Sometimes we get afraid and intimidated to speak to people in certain positions in life. I have found we're all human. I've had doctors and lawyers and I've had professors and I've had all kinds of people in my churches. And guess what? We speak to each other because God speaks and I speak. And God needs to speak to every one of us so that we have the the wherewithal and the strength to stand in the presence of kings if need be and say, this is what the Lord God is saying. We can't be intimidated. We can't back down. James chapter 5, 17 through 18 says this. Elijah was a human being. That's important. Elijah was a human being. Even as we are, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. So I've always thought that all these great men and women of God in the Bible, they didn't have to live like I do. But they were human, just like we are. They had temptations, they had weaknesses, they had priorities they had to figure out in life. But here's what Elijah did. He prayed. He understood that prayer is mandatory if you're going to finish this thing. And you can worship all you want to worship. And you can do whatever you want to do. But how much have you prayed? How much time are we spending praying? Because that's the key. He said, my house should be called a house of prayer. Elijah prayed. He had like passions just like all of us. Distractions just like all of us. Excuses just like all of us. We've all been given the same amount of time, and yet some people have the ability to get everything done, and other people are always late to everything. I just don't have time. Well, you've got the same amount of time as I do. Yeah, but you don't understand my situation. No, you don't understand my Savior. You see, when we get our priorities straight, Elijah had his priorities straight, man, he was able to get life, prayer, to God, all this straightened out in his life. He was not distracted. He did not quit. He was diligent to the very end. And he prayed earnestly. That means with passion, with enthusiasm, with excitement. He prayed, and God, what do you want me to do? What are you speaking? And God says, I'm speaking. I'm telling you to go to the king and tell him it won't rain or do. Revelation 11.6 says this. They have power to shut up the heavens so that it will not rain during the time they are prophesying. And they have power to turn the waters into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they want. Did you know that you are human? 
And did you know that you were also filled with the power of the Holy Spirit? You have the power to pray and you have the power of God inside of you that when you pray, things will happen. We shall have power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon us. Elijah had power of the Holy Spirit. The disciples had the power of the Holy Spirit. You have the same power of the Holy Spirit. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is dwelling in every one of us. So yes, we are human, but we are spirit-filled humans who have the ability to pray and touch the power and the hand of God. Elijah, he prayed with power and he finished. Isaiah, when they prayed, it shook the temple, the pillars of the house shook. Whenever the disciples prayed, it shook the earth after Acts chapter 2. It shook up all of the civility in that, in that town. They turned their town upside down, shook it up. 1 Kings 17, verse 2 through 4. Then the word of God came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth Ravine, east of Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So not only was he praying, man, but God provided. There was provision. Do we really believe that God will provide for us? Provision. And here's what God did. He said, I've directed ravens. To feed you two times a day. Now, if you understand the nature of a raven, the nature of a raven is not to share. And the nature of a raven is to eat something that is rotting and dead. And yet God said, I'm going to change the nature of this bird that I've created to bring you fresh meat and fresh bread two times a day. And then you can drink from the brook. Wow. God changed the nature of an animal just to provide for Elijah. And if God will do that for Elijah, who is a human, how much more does God provide for us? If we are directed and follow the leading of God's word in our life, if we are where we are supposed to be, God will provide for us. God will do it. Sandy and I had that happen just this week in our lives. I mean, coming out of nowhere, God provided something that the enemy had stolen. That's what God does. He provides. And he said, I'm going to take the nature of a raven. I'm going to change it to where it's not going to bring you dead, rotting meat. It's going to bring you fresh meat. It's going to bring you fresh bread. And not only that, two times a day. And Elijah was fed. Notice, it didn't say Elijah feasted. We want God to provide us a feast. And God goes, no, I'm not providing a feast. I'm just going to feed you. He gives us the needs of our life, right? He meets all of our needs according to his riches in heaven. He doesn't promise us, I'm going to give you a feast. Sometimes in life we're following God and we're getting fed, but it's not a feast. We need to understand God will take care of our needs. Sometimes our wants don't get met but he will meet our needs. He will feed you even if he has to change all of nature to make it happen. God said he will cause ungodly people to give to you. Isn't that? He changes their nature because ungodly people are not sharing people. Ungodly people are me, 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 me. They're going to finish the race without looking at anybody that's fallen. It's all about me. What position am I going to make it? What's going to be my time? How much of a reward am I going to get? Where's my trophy? 
But godly people, they help other people out. They run with diligence. They may not run the fastest, but they keep on running when it gets hard, when it gets tough, when everything inside of you is hurting. How many of you have been runners in here in the past, or maybe you are now? I've run, and, and it's called hitting the wall. Boom. And man, there's a time, and it's different, different mileages I found every time I ran. My body was different, but sometimes it could be at four miles, I'd hit the wall, then all of a sudden it'd be like I just started running, and all of a sudden breathing became easier, and all the uh, endorphins and all the adrenaline just came on. Sometimes it'd be at mile six. I'd be going, I need to hit that wall. I needed to get better. And all of a sudden you start cramping and hurting, and you go, you know what, if I just don't stop, if I keep on, it's going to get better. And sure enough, if you press, 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 and then all of a sudden you take one breath and then everything changes. It's an amazing endorphins that kick in and it begins to be a phenomenal feeling. I love it. Elijah was running and he said, I want to make sure I pray because if I do, God will speak to me. I will be where I'm supposed to be and then God will provide for me. Provide. God says in his word, I will make a way where there seems to be no way. Provision in your life. Provision. Supplying need in your life. 1 Kings 17, 7 through 12 says this. Sometime later, doesn't say how long Elijah was there, but sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Right, because Elijah said no rain, right? Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. You see, he'd gotten used to that water and bread from the ravens, right? As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home, make a meal for myself and my son, and we're going to eat it and die. But look what she noticed about Elijah. Verse 12. As surely as the Lord your God lives. He had just met her. But there was something different about this man called Elijah. I believe if we are praying people... When people get around us, they will sense there's something different about us. You serve a God that lives. You serve a God that's not carved by the hands of man or a woman. You serve a God that you have not created, but a God that has created you. As surely as your God lives, I'm going to do what you ask, but I just want you to know, Elijah, I don't have the bread I'm surprised she had the water because there had been a drought for three and a half years. She said, but I got some water, but I got a little flour. And the agenda on the day is go home, make a little flour and bread, put it together. My son and I are going to cook it. We're going to eat it, and then we're going to die. Isn't that a great day? How many of you had that on your agenda this morning? Get up, cook a pancake, get a tortilla, eat, oh, die. That's what we're going to do today. Can you imagine the sun? Hey, Mom, what are we doing today? We're going to Six Flags. Uh, where are we going? Uh, well, some are going to eat and then die. Yeah. Aren't you glad that God can get into our lives and change our day? 
Sometimes we look at our day and go, man, it's not going so good. Uh, we can all look around and find somebody having a better day. But then we can also, if we're having our eyes open, see someone else that needs help in the race. Just before church night, I had a young lady come to me. And she says, Pastor, can I help? Can you, can, you, can you pray with me? I said, about what? She goes, well, I've got a friend who's my age. She's a young lady, and he passed away. His heart just stopped beating. He has two little girls. He has a wife who's eight and a half months pregnant with their first son. And today, she's having trouble because they cannot find a heartbeat with the baby, and, they, and it's not breathing, and they don't know what's going to happen. I said, absolutely, let's grab hands right now and let's pray. I don't think your day's been that bad today, has it? See, we can always find somebody else in the race who's hurting, who needs some help, who needs somebody to stop long enough to help them pick them up and move on in that race. You see, because every time we're having a good day, somebody else is having a bad day. And when somebody else is having a good day, we're having a bad day. But don't let your day determine how your day is going to end. Her day started off pretty bad. I'm just coming to get some, some water. We're going to mix it with some flour, and then we're going to die. Here's what Elijah said to her. Do not be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make me a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word the Lord spoken by Elijah. What kind of woman has just enough flour to make something for her and her son so they eat and die. Then stops and goes, I'm now going to give the first of this. To Elijah. How many moms could stop and do that? Most moms would stop and say, you know what? I just met you and I don't know who you are, but we're going to eat first. And if there's something left over, we're going to give it to you. But she didn't. She realized and recognized God's presence in his life. You know the story. He said, go and grab all the vessels you can get in town. And, and they began to pour the oil, and it never stopped until the last vessel was filled. She not only was to have enough oil for her and herself and her family, but she paid off all of her debt. And her and her family had enough to eat and drink until the, the rain started pouring down again. What a difference in the way her day started and the way her day finished. Why? Because she made sure she obeyed the word of God and gave to God first. I want to tell you, it's not easy sometimes to give in the offering. It's not. This is not about an amount of money. This is about a principle of will you trust God to provide in your life. I learned a long time ago, I cannot provide for myself. And if you think you provide for yourself, be careful. Because you're one wreck away from not providing for yourself. You're one breath away from your heart stopping and you no longer will be on this earth. 
And then where will all of your creations be? Your money, your talents, your friends, your relationships, your job. It is God who gives me the very breath I'm preaching with tonight. It is God who gives me the voice that I'm able to speak to you tonight. It is God that has given me the thought capacity to put a message together and it is God's word that I am teaching you tonight. And I'm telling you, we've got to make sure that we give God his first. This is not a message on tithing, so don't check it off. Whoop, pastor's got a message on tithing tonight. We're good for six months. No, no, no. If I'm going to teach a message on tithing, it's going to be the whole message. But I am telling you, we've got to give God first. And then he will providentially provide for us. You see, he was a man of prayer. He was a man of provision. But he was also a man of providence. He was always going where God wanted him to go. And providence stepped into her life. It was providence that David brought once to his brothers. It wasn't an accident that little David showed up for lunch. That day Goliath was taunting all the Israelites. It was providence that God brought Elijah into this woman's life and she was able to see the hand of God. When Sandy and I were in college, uh, we didn't have anything, didn't have any money. And my daughter, we, we took her to the doctor and he looked at her ear and said she had a hole in her ear and it was going to require surgery. In the eardrum, hole in the eardrum. And it was going to require surgery, and we did not have the money. We did not. And as parents, we got a little three-year-old girl with a hole in her eardrum. Don't know how it happened, and we have no money. So you know what we went home and did? We both went home and got on our knees and prayed. God, we don't know what we're going to do. But we know one thing, we are where you told us to be and we believe you're going to provide. And we just started praying, praying, and praying. We prayed earnestly. We prayed hard because I don't want my daughter to go through life with a hole in her eardrum. I don't want this and I don't believe that's God's will for her life. And so we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. Uh, another week went by and we prayed and we now had to go back to the doctor to see what the next steps were even though we didn't have the money. And we go back to the doctor and you, you know the end of this story. We go back to the doctor, he checks her ear and he looks and he comes back and he looks and he comes back and he looks and he goes, um, I know there was a hole in that eardrum last week because I saw it. But now there's absolutely nothing wrong with her eardrum. Boy, you may not want to have a revival in a doctor's office, but we had a revival in the doctor's office. We both started crying. We both started praising God and lifting our hands, and the doctor's looking at us like we're crazy, but we don't care because we had a God that just showed up and provided something for us that we could not provide. He began to do things for us and show us in our life that, listen, no matter what you need, I will provide for you, but you've got to put all your trust in me and do what I tell you to do and be where you're supposed to be. I'm going to give you the energy. I'm going to give you the strength, but you've got to run. You've got to finish got to finish. And I cannot tell you how many times I've looked back on that moment and it's increased my faith. I can't tell you how many times I look back over that moment and say, God, if you did that, you can do this. There's, 
Nothing is impossible with God. God's a God that we need to pray to. He's a God of provision. He's a God of providence. And he's a God that is for us. Isn't that awesome? I love Romans 8. He said, I am for you, and if I am for you, who can be against you? Stand with me tonight. God will help you finish. Is it going to be tough? Absolutely. Are you going to feel like quitting? Absolutely. Probably every day. I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm worn out. The Bible says don't grow weary because in due season you will reap what you sow. I don't know where the reaping is. I'm just weary right now. Hey, be diligent. Run the race with patience. Stay strong. Be faithful. Take a step. Just a step. It's not how fast you run. It's are you going to finish. If everybody that had come to God and knew God that in this church, in the history of PCA Church, which has over seven decades of history, if every person who walked in this church in this town and still lives in this town were in this church tonight, we would probably have 10 services on a Wednesday night. But you know what? A lot of people start, but not everybody finishes. Father, tonight I pray for everyone in this house. Thank you, God, for every person that is listening in this place and on live stream. God, I pray today that if they're discouraged or distracted or, or, or getting lazy, Lord, I challenge them, get your eyes focused, get your head up, look straight to the prize because God is for you. God is going to provide for you. God is going to give you providence. God is going to do this if you pray, pray, pray. Have a relationship with God. Don't quit. God's going to provide whether it has to change the nature of an animal or whether it has to bring somebody in your life and supernaturally, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, God can do it. And God, I pray today, increase our faith, increase our stamina, increase our determination that we will finish. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. If you're gonna we sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.